kind of downloading uh, an interesting thing for me to uh, preach for the next couple Sundays. It's going to be a lot of reading, um, so I'm just praying the Lord just can give direction. And um, of course, with His Word, there's always a washing that comes with it. And every week and every day, like I've talked to before, we pick up that dust that's in the world. Lord, I just pray that today, Lord, through your Holy Spirit, that you would open the eyes of our heart, Lord, that we would receive revelation, or that we would understand and not go away not understanding. God, that we would dig deep into your word, Lord, for those precious jewels. Lord, we thank you for these people here and those who are away traveling and those who are not well. We pray, Lord, stretch out your hand and keep them. Bless your name, Lord. So I'm going to start with Deuteronomy 23. You don't have to turn there. Deuteronomy 23, starting with verse 3. This is Moses speaking. An Ammonite or a Moabite shall not enter the congregation of the Lord, even to the tenth generation. None of his descendants shall enter the congregation of the Lord forever, because they did not meet you with bread and water on the road when they came out of Egypt. And because they hired against you Balaam, the son of Beor, of Pethor, of Mesopotamia, to curse you. Nevertheless, the Lord your God would not listen to Balaam, but the Lord your God turned the curse into a blessing for you, because the Lord your God loves you. You shall not seek their peace, nor their prosperity all your days and forever. That is heavy. (laughs) Because if you remember that story as they were entering into, God said, don't touch anything of Moab. Moab, as we know, was um, came from Lot, which he was a nephew of uh, Abraham. And that land that they had there was theirs. But instead of coming out at least to sell them bread and water, they came out with an army and then later to curse them with Balaam. So, with that right there, I'd like to start with Ruth, starting in chapter 1. So, like I said, there's going to be a lot of reading. And um, I just hope that you guys are blessed by this. This is Ruth, chapter 1. I'm reading out of the New King James Version. It says, Now it came to pass in the days when the judges ruled that there was a famine in the land, and a certain man of Bethlehem, Judah, went to sojourn in the country of Moab, he and his wife and his two sons. The name of the man was Elimelech, and his wife's name was Naomi, and the names of his two sons were Malhorn, and Kilian, Ephraimites of Bethlehem, Judah. And they went to the country of Moab and remained there. Then Elimelech died. Naomi's husband, he perished. 
And she was left with her two sons. Verse 4, now they took wives of the women of Moab. The name of one was Orpah, and the name of the other was Ruth. And they dwelt there about ten years. And then both Malorn and Kilian also died. So the woman survived her two sons and her husband. And kind of give a backdrop of where we're at. This is, I believe, during the time of uh, Ehud. He was one of the judges during the, the judge period, which was probably between 350 and 400 years, somewhere around that time. Moab, um, right around the time that they had gone into Moab, this family, um, had ruled Israel in a brutal way for about 18 years. And during this time when all these children of Naomi's were passing away and they're getting ready to leave Moab, um, Ehud had secured a great victory against Moab. And they got 80 years of peace. So during this time, not only were they under the rule of Moab, but now as they're leaving, Israel was seeing a new day. 80 years of peace was about to open up for the children of Israel. And one of the sad things about this, um, the place they came from was Bethlehem. And of course, we know that Jesus came from Bethlehem. David came from Bethlehem. And it was during this time of famine that Bethlehem actually means a house of bread. There was no bread. It was during this time of Judges Not only were their needs not being satisfied, there was a lack. And it was ironic that it came out of the house of bread, that these people left to go to Moab to see if they could get food. So in verse 6, Naomi arose with her daughter-in-laws that she could return from the country of Moab. For she had heard in the country of Moab that the Lord had visited his people by giving them bread. So now they had won their victory over Moab. They were free once again, and the Lord was visiting them, bringing his bread. And, you know, we know that during the time of the judges, sometimes the word of the Lord was very rare. And, you know, we know that from him, it's like he is the bread of life. And we don't live on just bread alone, but every word that comes from the Lord himself. These people were going back there. Therefore, she went out from the place where she was at, her and her two daughters-in-law with her, and they went to return to the land of Judah. And Naomi said to her two daughter-in-laws, Go return to her mother's house. The Lord deal kindly with you. As you have dealt with me in the dead, the Lord grant that you may find rest, each in the house of her husband. And then she kissed them, and they lifted up their voices and wept. And they said to her, this is both of the daughter-in-laws, Surely we will return with you to your people. Second time Naomi spoke about this. Naomi said, Turn back, my daughters. Why will you go with me? Are there still sons in my womb? 
that they may be your husbands. Turn back, my daughters. Go your way, for I'm too old to have a husband. And if I should have hope, even if I should have a husband tonight to bear you sons, would you wait for them until they were grown? Would you restrain yourselves from having husbands? No, my daughters, for it grieves me very much for your sakes. But the hand of the Lord has gone out against me. And they lifted up their voices and wept again. And Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clung to her. Naomi again a third time said, Look, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. Return after your sister-in-law. And here's the thing of faith that came out of Ruth. Listen closely, and it's very familiar. But Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave you, or to turn back from following after you. For wherever you go, I will go. And wherever you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people. Your God, my God. And where you die, I will die. There I will be buried. The Lord do to me, and more also, if anything but death parts you and me. When Naomi saw that she was determined to go with her, she stopped speaking to her about it. And you see that the Moabites, they worshipped other gods. Their main god was Chemosh, a particularly wicked one who demanded human sacrifice. And Naomi obviously affected these women deeply. They loved her. Both of them did. And they knew about the God of Israel. Orpah almost made it there. I still think she got blessed anyway, because Naomi blessed her. But Ruth, there was something in her that was awakened, just like Rahab the harlot back in Jericho, where she had heard the stories, and faith was awakened in her. She goes, I don't know what exactly you've got, but I want it, and I'm not going. I'm staying with you. And there were three times she's like, ladies, leave. You've got my blessings. Go back to your people. You've treated us well. We were immigrants in your country. Go back. It's okay. I love you. I know you love me. Ruth wouldn't have anything of it. Even despite what we just read in Deuteronomy concerning the Moabites, you know, Moses saying, don't have anything to do with these people for ten generations. They will not be part of the sanctuary. They will not be part of us because of what they did to us. But here's Ruth, first generation Moabitess, getting ready to go into the land of Israel. Verse 19. Now the two of them went until they came to Bethlehem. That's a long walk from Moab to Bethlehem. And it happened when they come to Bethlehem that all the city was excited because of them. And the woman said, is this Naomi? So she said to them, do not call me Naomi. Call me Mara. For the Almighty has dealt very bitterly with me. I went out full and the Lord has brought me home again empty. Why do you call me Naomi? 
since the Lord has testified against me and the Almighty has afflicted me. And I like it that she was able to speak exactly what was on her heart. She didn't receive a rebuke. She didn't receive, well, you know, these, these times too will pass. And, well, you should be thankful for what you do have. She wasn't given just that strange, loosey-goosey advice. They just kind of let her alone. But one of the things that did kind of jump out at me was like the whole city was excited to see her back home. And how much of a community they had in Israel, even during the time of the judges. They knew who Naomi was. She'd been gone over ten years. Still, they welcomed her back. But Naomi, of course, she was, she was in the throes of despair, a lot like Job, who had lost everything. Naomi's like, call me bitter, because I am right now. The Lord is, he is against me. I don't know if that's great or good theology. That's exactly how she felt. Ruth continued on with her. So Naomi, this is verse 22, Naomi returned. And Ruth, the Moabitess, her daughter-in-law, with her, who returned from the country of Moab. Now they came to Bethlehem at the beginning of the barley harvest. Chapter 2. And Naomi had a kinsman of her husband's, a man of great wealth, of the family of Elimelech. His name was Boaz. The Ruth, the Moabitess, said to Naomi, Please let me go to the field and glean heads of grain after him in whose sight I may find favor. So Naomi said to her, Go, my daughter. And then she left and went and gleaned in the field after the reapers. Not only was she loyal and had stuck with her mother-in-law through thick and thin. She was so much like Abraham, she had left everything behind. Home, country, her gods, her family. Everything that she'd known, she left to go to a place that she had never been before. But love is also action. She honored her aging mother-in-law by going out to work to take care of her. They were in desperate need. Even though at one time Elimelech had land there, um, they were destitute. She went out to glean. Now during, um, if you guys are familiar, we go to Deuteronomy really quick, 24. Deuteronomy 24. Twenty four verse nineteen. Commandment in the law, Moses speaking, he says, When you reap your harvest in your field and forget a sheaf in the field, you shall not go back and get it. It shall be for the stranger, the fatherless, and the widow 
that the Lord your God may bless you in all the works of your hands. When you beat the olive trees, you shall not go over the boughs again. It shall be for the stranger, the fatherless, and the widow. When you gather the grapes of your vineyard, you shall not glean afterwards. It shall be for the stranger, the fatherless, and the widow. You shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt. Therefore, I command you to do this thing. What does that mean? What a generous thing for God to do. And that's what's going on right here. It's like she wasn't part of getting the first reaping of the harvest, but because she was poor and she was a stranger. And now pretty much fatherless. She didn't have, her father was back in Moab. She was a widow as well. But now she come to dwell in the shadow of his wing. Verse 3 in the middle, and she happened to come to the part of the field belonging to Boaz, who was of the family of Elimelech. Now behold, Boaz came to Bethlehem. And he said to the reapers, The Lord be with you. And they answered to him, The Lord bless you. How many of you guys who own businesses can uh, get that type of response from the people who work for you? That you bless those people that work for you and provide for you. That you could be a blessing to them, but also they'd be a blessing to you. Verse 5, Boaz said to his servant, who is in charge of the reapers, Whose young woman is this? So the servant who is in charge of the reapers answered and said, It is the young Moabite woman who came back with Naomi from the country of Moab. And she said, Please let me glean and gather after the reapers among the sheaves. So she came as it continued from morning until now. Till she's rested a little in the house. Verse 8, And Boaz said to Ruth, You will listen, my daughter, will you not? Do, you not, do not go to any other field to glean in. No, go, go from here. But stay close to my young women. Let your eyes be on the field which they reap, and go after them. Have I not commanded the young men not to touch you? And when you are thirsty, go to the vessels and drink from them, from what the young men have drawn. One of the things I really enjoyed about Boaz, not only did all his workers seem to really love and care and respect him, but he was a wise man. Obviously, she stood out. Probably a very beautiful woman, very young. But instead of just kind of following his eyes, he did a little research and a little investigating, too, uh, as any young man or young woman should do. Don't be just tricked by beauty or a, a flashy smile. Find out who these people are. But he had an entire community that already knew about this young lady. And there's wisdom there to ask. Tell me about her. And that should be the same thing for some of our younger people coming up. I'm just throwing that out there. Don't be fooled by everything that just looks good. 
Find out about that person's character. That's what lasts forever. Verse 10. Ruth fell on her face, and she bowed down to the ground and said to him, Why have I found favor in your eyes, that you should take notice of me, since I'm a foreigner? And Boaz answered and said to her, It has fully been reported to me all that you've done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband, and how you have left your father and your mother in the land of your birth, and have come to a people whom you did not know before. The Lord repay your work, and a full reward be given to you by the Lord God of Israel, under whose wings you have come for refuge. And she said, Let me find favor in your sight, my Lord, for you have comforted me. Literally, you have comforted my heart. Spoken kindly to your maidservant, though I am not like one of your maidservants. So we begin to see the beginning of a true romance right here. How much both of these two, you can see that there is an attraction there. There's nothing wrong with being attracted to someone, young people. It's okay. It's good. God made it that way. But there was something deep within. She says, you are literally speaking to my heart by the things that you're saying to me. In a way, I think she was already kind of getting smitten. Obviously, he was. Now, Boaz said to her at mealtime, come here and eat of the bread and dip your bread in the vinegar. So he sat among the reapers and patched the parched grain to her, and she ate and was satisfied. But she kept some of it back. So when she rose to glean, Boaz commanded his younger man, saying, Let her glean even among the sheaves. Do not rebuke her. Also, let some of the grain from the bundles fall purposely for her. Leave it that way that she may glean. Do not rebuke her. So, Boaz, being the good and godly man that he was, in the land of Israel, which was, sounds like there was like a revival starting there during that time, but so much of the judges is like how many times that there was so much backsliding that was going on, so many times they were not following the holy land, the law of God, they were just doing what they wanted to do. Everyone did what was right in their own eyes during that time. But God is saying even right here in this beautiful love story, the story of redemption, that he has always, always had a remnant that have followed him. There's always been a house where there are men and women who have followed God despite everyone else doing their own thing. It's pictured so beautifully uh, in these passages. I'm not going to go too much further. We've got to make sure we beat the uh, Methodists and the Baptists and the Catholics to, uh, to lunch. Verse 17, so she gleaned in the field until the evening and beat out what she had gleaned. And it was about an ephah of barley. This is about, a, about six gallons. And she took and went 
into the city and her mother-in-law. She saw what she had gleaned and she brought out and gave to her what she had kept back after she had been satisfied. So she didn't eat and stuff herself. She made sure that she had enough for herself to work. But she kept food back for her mother-in-law so she could eat as well. And a lot of the times when the Lord is giving us something, whether it's material wealth or the joy that's in our heart or word, we should be able to apply it to ourselves first, but it's all for all our people who might need it. You saw some of that this morning, people coming up and giving those type of words. People need to hear those things. Don't just keep it for yourself. We need to eat too. So her mother-in-law said to her, where have you gleaned today? This is verse 19. Where did you work? Blessed be the one who took notice of you. So she told her mother-in-law with whom she had worked and said, the man's name with whom I had worked is Boaz. Already the Jewish thing in her mind is going. I've got to hook this girl up with this, this man. We've got to get gone. We've got to hurry up. So Naomi said to her daughter-in-law, I'm sorry, verse 21. Oh, I'm sorry, where am I at? Becky, where'd I go? Thank you, baby. Naomi said to her daughter-in-law, Blessed be he of the Lord, who has not forsaken his kindness to the living and the dead. And Naomi said to her, The man is a relative of ours, one of our near kinsmen, then Ruth the Moabitess said, He also said to me, You shall stay close to my young men until they have finished off the harvest. And Naomi said to Ruth, her daughter-in-law, It is good, my daughter, that you go out with, this, with his young women and that the people do not meet you in any other field. So she stayed close to the young women of Boaz to glean until the end of the harvest and then the wheat harvest, and she dwelt with her mother-in-law. I just want to back up to the one section where Naomi said, Blessed be. You're already starting to see her turn around as well right now. Blessed be he of the Lord who has not forsaken his kindness to the living and the dead. And that might sound a little grim concerning the dead, but it reminded me so much of King David after he had finally gotten the kingdom completely into his hands and he had subdued all his enemies all around him. And what was one of the first things he did? He said, Who among the house of Saul can I bless that's still alive? And of course he found Jonathan's son, the one that was crippled. And he wanted to still bless Saul, his grandfather, his enemy during that time. David did have a lot of problems and issues, but God said there were he has a heart that's after mine. And David's one of the few people in the Bible that actually said that he loved the Lord. But to be able to honor the dead by taking care of the living. And that's a word for some of you guys. That's a word. That you might be able to go and physically say to the person who has gone on, I'm sorry for what I've done. 
or ask for forgiveness. But the ones that are left behind, you can still bless them by taking care of them and watching out for them. This honors God so much. Like I said, David did that with King Saul's relatives. God that wanted to kill him. A change of heart. Almost there, people. Starting with verse uh, chapter three, verse one. Naomi, her mother-in-law, said to her, "My daughter, shall I not seek security for you, that it may be well with you?" Now Boaz, whose young women you were with, is he not our kinsman? In fact, he is winnowing barley tonight at the threshing floor. How did you know that? Just like he was doing his little investigations, you better bet Naomi was in full mode right now doing her investigations. She's a wise, wise woman. So she gives her this advice. Therefore, wash yourself. And anoint yourself, put on the best garment, and go down to the threshing floor. But do not make yourself known to the man until he has finished eating and drinking. Then it shall be done when he lies down that you shall notice where he lies down. Go and cover his feet and lie down, and he will tell you what you should do. And she said to her, All that you say to me, I will do. And we'll stop right there. Um, there was nothing sexual that was going on with this. I don't believe that at all. This was part of what they did during the culture. It is odd, but it was a way of showing honor that she had affections for him. And even though Ruth was a grown woman, she still listened and heeded the voice of her mother-in-law. What a great place. Not only was she able to take care of her, now Naomi was beginning to take care of her. How beautiful is that? The story just keeps getting turned more and more around. One last thing before we kind of wrap things up here. In verse 23, So she, Ruth, stayed close by the young women of Boaz. And young ladies, especially, make sure that you have a godly group of young women around you that will look out for your best interest in whatever you do. They're there for your protection. God loves relationships. But there is, in this way, when she was talking about staying close to these young women while they were working, there's a protection there. Don't go out there by yourself and do things by yourself. The world is constantly telling us that you could go out and do things by yourself and no harm will come. And we know, even just by instinct, that that is false. We need those relationships and we need those people that will look out for us, that will keep us safe. Way God made it. So, as we open up and just begin to kind of come through 
this first section of Ruth, really a lot about Naomi as well. And now we're beginning to talk a little bit about Boaz. I just pray that you guys dig deep this week, read a little bit ahead before next week. And um, just how you can apply these things, these treasures that are in here. That's one thing I, I notice about Ruth. It's almost like Esther in some ways, where the Lord is not really mentioned. Like, thus saith the Lord God. It's just people talking to each other, but following God's commandments. Doing what he wanted them to do. God is throughout this entire thing. Everywhere in it. But he's using his people. Just like he's using people here. So, I'm just going to bless you guys before we go. And just dismiss. If there are people who need to come up for more prayer. You know, don't be discouraged. And walk away after one or two or even three times. Be like Ruth. Cling. Cling to Naomi. Be like that widow woman that Jesus spoke about. Wear the Lord out. Keep coming and asking for justice for your family. Not asleep. But he wants people that won't give up either. Amen? Father, we thank you for these hungry people, Lord, that you would fill them, Lord, that you would cause out of their bellies, Lord, streams of living water, Lord, not just so they could be refreshed, amen, but as we grow and mature, we could refresh and feed others, or just like you said to disciples, you give them food. Lord, as we grow mature, that we'd be able, out of the things that you've done in our life, Lord, to bring out of the storehouses good food for other people to eat, to sustain them, Lord, during famine, that we would be a blessing like your people Israel were. We could be just like them. Lord, as bless these people, again, Lord, we ask for just healing all the people in our congregation and rest true rest Lord that you give us your peace true peace not as the world gives the everlasting peace thank you Amen